You're listening to The Room Block Podcast, a series of conversations with compelling professionals from the world of events and hospitality. I'm your host, Jen Salerno. I've spent the last 20 years in different facets of the industry, working alongside a variety of people that have one common goal, to serve our customers by creating memorable experiences. Now, I want to share with you the passions, inspirations, and challenges of the individuals who make it happen. In each episode, we'll hear insight and perspective from two guests that fill some of the many roles within this incredible industry. Welcome to The Room Block and enjoy your stay. Well, hello, Room Block Podcast listeners. We've made it to October. Can you even believe it? I was in Costco a few weeks ago and... I was pretty surprised, a little saddened, actually, to see all of the Christmas decorations out already, but that's the world we live in, I guess. I didn't even make it to buy Halloween decorations. We tried to last weekend, and they were pretty much gone, so I guess I was supposed to do that in August? I don't know. But anyway, I'm going to start off today with a little story. I want to know how many of you had a similar situation to this. So here you are in February, March... You were a member of your industry organization of choice, whatever it may be. I personally was a member of PCMA. And if you were one of those in the industry who were possibly put on furlough or lost your job, you probably lost your email address and you probably lost the email address that was associated with your industry organization. And all of a sudden you realized that you weren't getting those emails anymore. And maybe it even took you a while to even think about it. That was certainly the case for me. It wasn't the kind of thing that it was top of mind. But eventually, I missed those emails. And I missed feeling like I was involved with something. And I missed the educational opportunities that came with being a member of my organization. So I looked into it. And I found out that I could actually rejoin PCMA at a reduced rate, which I thought was fantastic, uh, very reasonable, and I rejoined. And so here I am again, a proud member. I don't think my story is that different than probably a lot of other people's, right? And it's not just PCMA. I was doing some research about industry organizations, and I came across an article, and it was listing the top 22 events industry organizations that you could be part of. And I was like, 22? I didn't even <laughs> think about that there was that many and there's more than that. You know, you've got your ASAE and your EIC and your alphabet soup left and right. So that brings us to today's show. And you're going to hear from two women who are out there still involved, still involved with both of their industry organizations. In fact, they are the presidents of their industry organizations. And can you even imagine what it must be like to be a president in this particular time? It's an important topic because in this time when so many of us are kind of still trying to find our footing or searching to be part of something larger or an organization that can give us some kind of common ground, we need to remember that industry organizations are out there for us. You don't have to be employed. Yes, there's a cost factor, but a lot of them are at reduced cost right now. So it's something that you should not discount. During this time, it's a great way to stay connected. So joining us today, like I said, are two incredible women. We have Colleen Brzezowski, who is the 2020 president of Site Chicago. And we have a Rachel Riggs, who is the 2020 president of the Greater Midwest Chapter of PCMA. However, there are chapters all over the country and in the case of SITE, all over the world. So no excuses. If you were a member or you were ever thinking about becoming a member of any kind of industry organization, now is the time. Don't wait. We are going to have Colleen and Rachel tell us all about their stories and why this is so. Stay tuned. Before we get started today, just one friendly reminder that if you enjoy listening to the Room Blog podcast, please subscribe. You can do so on Apple, Google, Spotify, and even Amazon now, among many others. Also, if you really enjoy it, please feel free to leave me a review. It really means a lot, and it makes it easier for other people to find the show. Thanks so much, and enjoy hearing from Rachel and Colleen. 
Okay. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We are now at episode six of the Room Block podcast. And today I have two ladies with me who we're going to have a really interesting conversation. And I have to say that the way this call came together was really exciting and fun for me. And I have to thank both of these ladies for um, helping to make it happen, but especially um, our first guest, which is Colleen Brzezowski. She is the 2020 president of Site Chicago, Site, which stands for the Society for Incentive Travel Excellence. And we also have Rachel Riggs, who is the 2020 president of the Greater Midwest Chapter of PCMA. So uh, when I say that these ladies were really keen putting this session together, um, Colleen actually reached out to me with this idea. And I love that uh, episodes are kind of shaping up organically like this. And I'm just really excited to bring this topic to you all today. We are going to be exploring the benefits of being part of an industry organization and especially talking about how it can still be benefit for you in this strange time of 2020. But before we get too far into that, of course, I want to have my guest explain how they came to be in this industry and how they got to where they are today. So Colleen, let's start with you. Great. Well, thanks so much, Jen. I'm really excited to be here. And I think this is a, a great topic. And uh, Rachel, I remember standing at some industry event somewhere with Rachel and we both said, wow, are we ready for this? And this was back in January. And now months later, we look at each other and say, wow, are we really ready for this? Um, so it's been quite a year since then. I got my start in the industry about 25 years ago, um, and it all came to be because I knew how to type. I had been working at a Holiday Inn uh, at a restaurant, and I was not good at it at all, at all, awful. They moved me into banquets, and that lasted a very short time, and then they said, do you know how to type? We're moving you to sales. So that's kind of how I got my start and uh, have been bouncing around the hotel industry for about 25 years. And just uh, about a year ago, moved into the DMC world, working for a national uh, chain that had 20 destinations that they repped in the US. Um, since then, that position has been laid off. That happened in March. And so now I am uh, exploring what's gonna be next post COVID, um, but really have had the opportunity to sell some great places during my career um, and put a lot of places on the map and look at really unique places. I, I sold a executive conference center in Southwest Michigan that had a focus on corporate training and development and did rope courses and experiential learning. Um, I sold Miraval resorts, which are very health and wellness oriented, um, sold some properties in Thailand. Um, so really have a diverse background and all along the way was really involved in associations and uh, being involved in those groups. And I would say the volunteering, I, I kind of got that bug from my parents. They are very, very much into giving back, constantly running um, festivals and, and would organize the candy bar sales when I was in school. And, and they just wrapped up another raffle and a golf outing uh, this past week. So the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Do you feel then like your interest in, in events in general kind of stemmed from your parents being so active and planning? I think so. Yeah, we, uh, you know, growing up, we, we had lots of family gatherings and get togethers and organizing the chairs and the food and all of that. And I, from a young age, was always right there, there in that. So uh, hospitality was in your blood. <laughs> it was. It was. Excellent. Okay. So Rachel, how about you? What is your story? Oh, hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. I um, My story goes back about 25 years ago as well. And I was an intern at an association management firm. And uh, my cousin called me one day and said, I wanted to go into corporate fitness. And she's like, I think this has something to do with what you want to do. And it was the Association for Fitness and Business. 
And so I went and started working there and was meeting all of the people that I wanted to run Apple's corporate fitness center. I remember finally meeting the guy that ran their fitness center back in the day and was shaking in my boots going, oh my gosh, that is so cool. But so I was getting to know the wellness people and then I started really planning the events and fell in love with it. And um, then I, that was my first job after school and I worked for the association for about eight years, it changed management firms and came up here to Chicago to the Sherwood Group. And that's how I got sh to Chicago. Then I was like, gosh, I need to explore what I want to do in the wellness world. And went and did that for a while. But then I said, you know, I really miss meetings and events. And um, I got a, landed a job at Smith Buckland. I was one of their youngest managers ever at 25. And um, they put me on the tech groups in the 1990s. And let me tell you this, it was fun. I did Oracle Open World. I did HP's Developers Conference. And then my two biggest accounts were Sterling Software and Sterling Commerce. And um, I had a budget of about $4 million for 2,000 people for one week. It was so fun. We had speakers like Colin Powell, Henry Kissinger, we had entertainment like Chris Isaac and all this cool stuff. I was doing so much fun work with them. And my favorite was uh, Margaret Thatcher was one of our keynote speakers. And I got to have scotch with her one night, which was awesome. Wow. <laughs> so cool. Very, very cool. So I did that for a while. And then, um, then I decided after the Sterling, uh, I went and did an independent I started my own company and was an independent with Sterling for a while. And then uh, Sterling Williams sold their company and I was out of a job. <laughs> so then I thought, well, maybe I should try going either the wellness side of things or maybe on the supplier side. And I went into the supplier side and started on learning the other side of the business. But I always knew I wanted wellness to come back in my world someday. But I um, went to work for a, a Baltimore, CVB, opened their Chicago regional sales office. Then I um, went to work for San Diego for a brief stint. And um, then I had two kids, took two years off and I had a lovely experience being a stay-at-home mom. But at a, after a year, I wanted to go back to work and I called the person that hired me in Baltimore who was doing in the, in the recruiting business at the time. And he, he said, Rach, how about Vancouver? And I said, know nothing about it, but I'm sure interested because it was a work from home and it was a destination sales and it was really great. And I was there for 16 years. Wow. Fell in love with it. I love selling Vancouver and did some really great stuff here in the Midwest selling Vancouver. But my biggest accomplishment, I think, for me selling Vancouver was I created a program where I took clients out and we ran a half marathon together. And my boss told me that that was a crazy idea. And I said, well, I'm just crazy enough to take it. And he said, all right, well, I think over the Five, six years that we did the program, I had about almost 70 planners run or walk a half marathon with me, which I loved changing that people's lives, the way they think about their health and wellness. And then about three years ago, I was um, at PCMA noticing and observing people's behavior, seeing how the younger generation was taking in meetings very differently than the elderly, gen not elderly, but older generation. And, um, so I went and approached my friends at Merits and said, I'd really like to do some studying on um, wellness and in the meetings industry. And they totally liked the idea. And we, I started doing research with them. And for three years, I did a lot of research, um, worked two jobs, basically. <laughs> and um, Christmas Eve of last year, they offered me a job to come and be their well-being leader. It was the best Christmas gift. It was my two professional loves eventually coming together, and I was going to make some major changes. So at PCMA last year, I gave, or 2020, I gave my boss um, a notice, and I had a 60-day notice that I had to give to Vancouver in my contract. So on March 2nd, I started as the well-being leader for Merit's Global Events. I was so excited. And then everything started happening with COVID, and... Um, now, I'm currently on furlough, um, but I did some really fun stuff right before furlough. We are doing some really creative stuff to help keep the industry healthy, happy, and focused on their well-being and from a design perspective, but also during COVID and the crisis perspective, keeping people focused on taking good care of their own well-being. While all that was going on, <laughs> I became president of GMC PCMA on January one. We had an amazing awards and first quarterly meeting on March 10th. 
And that was the last time I've seen our members. <laughs> oh my gosh. In person. So here we are today. Happy to um, be here. Thank you for allowing me to be here and share our story. And I wouldn't be where I am today without my volunteer role within PCMA. Okay. So there's so much that I have taken away from what both of your stories. So first of all, I always find it so interesting when you talk to people um, and find out how they started in the industry and how your experience and how a lot of people's experience builds on what they've done in the past and their interests. And in both of your cases, it seems to have happened, um, especially you, Rachel, with your you know, early interest in health and wellness and then how you incorporated that into the race in Vancouver and then you know, your research with merits. And then the other thing that I found very interesting is you were both relatively new in your positions. I mean, Colleen, a year in and with the DMC, Rachel brand spanking new <laughs> with your new endeavor with merits, uh, and then having such a major change happen in the industry. So that that's a lot to overcome. And then not to mention the fact that you obviously are both sitting presidents of your chapters and during the situation. So a lot there. So let's talk about what it has meant to you to be part of these industry organizations throughout your careers. Colleen, actually, did you say that you had been a member of SITE before? Explain what your, your history is with, with SITE. Yeah, so SITE is, it's really interesting. The SITE Chicago chapter had been around years ago, and they kind of lost their way, and they were ready to pull the charter on the association. And so about six years ago or so, five, maybe even seven years ago, Site Global reached out to a key group of people and said, you know, you guys are really, you've got the population there. You just need the right leadership. Let's get in and, and rebuild this chapter. So they started things going. Um, it was about two or three years into that. And they had a uh, director of events on the board who backed out um, for various reasons and, and they needed a new director of events. And so as they were talking to members and trying to find someone to fill this role, as the story goes, or as I'm told, my name came up and they said, we know you do a lot in other associations and we've seen how involved you are. We think you should take this role. And I said, well, I, um, let me learn a little more. I had only been to a couple of events, but I really like the group. Uh, we kind of call ourselves the Small and Mighty Association. While we sit in, gosh, we have 30 chapters around the world um, and we're in 90 different countries. We are small um, in terms of overall membership, about 2,800 members. Um, so site chicago is is just a small portion of that but the global reach is is really fantastic so i thought all right this is a group where i could actually make a difference so i got involved with them my first event was holly trolley which is our holiday networking event um and it it's such a cool event it started off as one trolley and kind of a ride around the city it has now grown to four trolleys three different venues and a wait list so um huge event for it. We, we have people that come in from all over and Rachel's attended in the past, I believe. So um, it just a, a, a fun event. So um, I went to that. I said, okay, I can get involved in this. So four years later, I have served as director of events for two years, director of sponsorship for one, and then became president uh, for the 2020 year. Wow. Okay. So I was going to say Rachel was over there giving a thumbs up when you were talking about Holly Trolley. So that sounds very fun. So what kind of benefits can members of site receive? Or what are the benefits of being a member? Yeah, absolutely. You know what I... I think with site, we're the only business association solely focused on incentive travel. So that gives us a unique perspective within the whole... Um, whole events world. And because our membership is global, you really have that great connection of education and information and resources. I could really call anywhere in the world right now and know somebody in that market to help figure out incentive trips. And especially when you're looking for emerging destinations or have questions about 
safety or new things to do in that market. Um, it's really been a great resource for that. Um, they've also been really on top of just general education on things. And during this time, have really stepped up in terms of educational offerings and member benefits. Um, it, so I, I think, you know, just having that network of people to relate to and reach out to for job prospects and, and networking opportunities, it's fantastic for that. Well, and really during this time, it's probably really beneficial because there are other parts of the country or I'm um, not the country of, of the world that are meeting already and and they're kind of proceeding. They're in a different place than the United States is with the current pandemic situation. And so you have the ability, you have the knowledge of different people, contacts around the world that you can talk to and say, well, how is it working there for you? What are you doing differently? I mean, you actually are in a great position to learn and educate about yeah. our current situation. Absolutely. That's so true. You know, our um, all of the presidents, so our 29 chapters, we have a Zoom call every every week uh, since this all started. And actually, the former Site Chicago president, Rebecca Wright, has moved into the head of chapter engagement for Site Global. So she's kind of started this initiative to keep us all connected. And as we go through a, a pandemic to try and figure out what that playbook is, it's been great to be able to talk to these people every week and say, oh, our restrictions were this, they rolled them back. Nope, now they're back up. Where are we at? And look at different ways and unique ways of, of how we adapt to what's going on. Yes, for sure. All right, well, that's good. I'm glad that that is a resource for you and then can be for several other people as well. So Rachel, explain for the audience what your involvement was with PCMA prior to becoming president. Sure. Thank you. Um, I have always been a big fan of volunteerism. I, um, like Colleen, my father was very, very involved in the international or the MS society because he had MS and he um, mentored newly diagnosed patients. So I was wanting to mentor people and be mentored at the same time because I understood what that was from a very young age. So my goal when I became a member was to be mentored by some senior people within PCMA. And I, and I did. I was, as a new member, got connected and really got to know people um, from being just mentored. And then when I was had enough years under my belt, I started mentoring people. And that's one of the things that I love about it and have gotten to know a lot of people. Um, I have some really, really good stories of some people that are now in very high positions because they, um, they grew and I watched them grow and I'm really proud of them. Um, but I started volunteering at the committee level at the Greater Midwest Chapter and was always involved in the chapter. And then uh, a friend of mine started working for the headquarters when they moved to Chicago. So I started volunteering at both levels. And I have chaired the awards committee from a global level, the international headquarters level. I've been a chair of their education conference. I've been the vice chair of convening leaders. I've um, done all of that work at the global level. And then I started thinking about how can I make a greater impact and go back to the true a mentorship origin of my volunteerism, and that was through the chapter. And so I started doing more at the chapter level, worked on the uh, program committee, worked on the community service committee, the, um, you name it, I've been on those committees, <laughs> and, and, and then eventually applied for the board. I just wasn't quite ready because I was raising my girls, working and, you know, balancing life. And then when the time presented itself, it was the right time. And then I quickly became a director, and then I got asked to be on the executive committee. And I truly believe that things happen for a reason when when they do, because um, I had been in the association management company role, and we were about ready to change association management companies when I was on the executive committee. And nobody else on the executive committee had had that kind of experience. So I was kind of put there to really help smooth the process. How do we do this? And I had done that before for many clients. So it was really quite neat to see it all come around again. And now we're managed by PCMA International Headquarters. They have a chapter management division, and it's probably the best decision we've ever made for us um, as a chapter to be managed by the headquarters. And um, we receive all kinds of 
mutually beneficial um, relation. It's a mutually beneficial relationship because we help give them chapter intelligence and they help give us some support that we need to make our chapter stronger. So now I'm sitting here as the chapter president in a very unprecedented time. And, you know, I think the timing is right for me to be president because it's kind of a very, I get both sides of it. People, I've been a supplier, I've been a planner, and I get what people are trying to achieve right now. And we just have to be very slow and steady and be careful, listen to the guidelines of what we can and can't do, but also know the needs of both sides of the membership. Okay, so we're talking a lot about the theme of, of volunteerism and mentorship and just the benefits of, of how you know these industry organizations can provide opportunities for both of that on the topic of volunteering. So it's interesting because we're in this time when people aren't able to get out and about as much and people aren't really, um, you know, their, their lives are different. They're doing different things. And so what have you two been experiencing, you know, in, in, it, in these organizations that are so reliant on volunteers and, and volunteers to be a part of what you're doing. What are you experiencing right now in both of your respective organizations as far as volunteering? Are you encountering some new challenges? Are you receiving pushback? For us, for sure, we're seeing um, people that we, I mean, we came into this year hot. We were had a great, robust volunteer group the committees were full. We were just ready to knock it out of the park. And then we slowly started losing volunteers because they lost their job. They were furloughed, laid off, what have you. And I think when people go through that kind of shock, they don't think right away to change their email address in a membership organization, right? And so we have lost some con connection with some people, which breaks my heart because this is the first place I would go if when I lost my job I would go first place would be PCMA for me because I want to keep engaged keep my network up I want to know what's going on in my beloved industry right I mean it's we're dealing with some really tough stuff right now and so but that's for for PCMA Greater Midwest chapter we've you know that was one of the things that we've really been um it was a hard realization. And, and every time, I mean, we're not out seeing people, so we can't say, hey, go <laughs> update your membership thing, like if you run into people. Um, so I think that that's been a little bit hard for us. It's like, oh, gosh, I hope that person is okay, first and foremost, right? And then second, we want them to be engaged. It doesn't matter at this time if you're employed or not employed, laid off or what have you, just be a part of the community. Right. Well, I, I have to admit, was in a similar situation. You know, I being laid off, I lost my email address, obviously lost my connection to PCMA. Um, and then I did <laughs> seek it out again. And I, I'm happy to say that I'm once again a member, um, which is great. Yes. But um, yes, but you know, but it did, it, it did take a little while for me to, to realize that that was you know, still an option for me and, and to look into, you know, what will it cost? And actually it was, it was at a reduced fee, which is great. So I can see where, yeah, I mean, people were just cut off and it was, you know, not entirely unexpected um, as it was happening, but it was sudden, I think, for a lot of people. So all of a sudden you're not receiving those emails, you're not receiving the membership reach out. So, and then of course you're losing people who were key volunteers as well. So Colleen, did you guys also go through a similar experience? We did, yeah. We, um, again, being a smaller association, we saw a, a lot of that where, people were, were falling off or not getting messages, the people that would normally respond, we weren't hearing from. So every correspondence that we send out now, we say, if, if your email has changed, please stay in touch. We, we want to stay connected with you. We're working on some new um, sessions that we'll be doing in October called Spark and Speak, where we're really going to allow our members to engage with each other on a Zoom call. We'll have topics set up, but just see where the conversation goes, um, kind of to recreate that networking break or hallway conversations that would happen, because I think people just want to be heard right now, and they want to talk to each other and, and interact, and we want site to be the place that they're able to do that. So, you know, it, it, it's sad to see people kind of retreat from their association and, and what I keep 
saying to people is, you know, you have to think past the pandemic and it may be really scary and, and you aren't sure what your future holds if you'll even stay in this industry. But until you figure that out, you have a network here that, that's willing to support you and provide education and um, give you things to talk about so that when you do go back into the workforce, you can be knowledgeable about what's going on and what's happening and stay up to date with, with the trends and, and the news of what's happening um, all across the industry. Um, and then at the same time, you know, you have all this extra downtime. It's a great opportunity to take advantage of continuing education. So one of the things that Site Global did, they started a new certification called the CITP, which is the Certified Incentive Travel Professional. It's kind of the mid-tier certification after our CIS. And that typically runs about $1,100 for sitting for the exam and then having access to the study guide. So right now that study guide and all of our knowledge center is complimentary. They drop the price of that exam to $100 for members. So here you take an $1,100 investment to $100. Um, we had 246 individuals across the, the world take advantage of that offer. And I think as we look into the future, those are things that we will be offering again. Um, so it, it's a great time to take advantage of that. And, you know, I look back to, to the, the name of the podcast, The Room Block, and why do you want to be part of a room block, right? You get the special pricing, you get in-room messaging, maybe the amenities or the newsletters, different things like that. And that's why you want to be part of an association, to have that insider scoop and be, be part of the club. I couldn't agree more. That's similar to some of the things that we did um, for Greater Midwest Chapter is right when the pandemic hit we were all just kind of looking at each other, right? With what do we do next? And so we did a happy hour um, and it ran, I want to say 26, 27 weeks. And we just recently are reinventing it, but it was just a place for people to come and connect and, and peer share. Um, that's one of the things that when the spring planners was happening so quickly that things were falling, they would come on the happy hour and, get best practices from the person that canceled the week last week to this week. And they didn't even think of certain questions, but once they got on that happy hour, it was very, very helpful. So then those community conversations started happening and we wanted to put a little bit more structure around it. So then we started our lunch and learns and we've done several lunch and learns about very various topics and have a task force that lead that. And then you get into the racial unrest and all of that kind of stuff and people wanting to talk about that. And um, we created what's called the Inclusion, Diversity, and Equity Task Force and in PCMA now. And we're starting to have community conversations around that and how um, discrimination happens in our industry. I'm not sure we would have had that kind of engagement if this pandemic didn't happen. And I'm really proud of how our community has come together to have these conversations of sharing. I've never seen them share more knowledge, professional knowledge like they're sharing now. And, and then um, these hard conversations that we're having in these community conversations, I'm not sure we would have had those had we not been in this pandemic. So I choose to look at the positive that's coming out of all of this. And I think those are some great things that we're seeing. And too, like Colleen said with Site, um, PCMA Global International um, has done some, the foundation has done some really major things to support the members. I um, am currently in the digital event strategist uh, course, love it, it's great. Um, but I also applied for a scholarship for it which is awesome because I don't, I couldn't have paid that thousand dollars on my own right now, just because of our own personal situations. But, um, I think that there's so many things that an association brings to people to help them get through a hard time, tough conversations, learning from your peers, education to expand your knowledge. And, um, there's not another entity out there uh, that can't do that. Like an association can do it. Well, it's so great to hear that both of the your organizations are 
just like going gung-ho full speed ahead with all these different educational opportunities. And such a good point, Colleen, that you said about even if you don't know if you want to stay in the industry, there's education that is provided throughout our industry that is applicable across the board. I truly believe that. I mean, you see on LinkedIn people who are searching for jobs and they're wondering, well, how do my skills transfer? And there's so much support for hospitality and event industry as far as the fact that the skills that we have learned and that we are able to get educated about through these different organizations. Um, they're really transferable and they're <laughs> and then the, and then like you said, Rachel, about these conversations, the chance, the opportunity to have these is just something that we were we would not have had the chance if we were not in this kind of slow down pause period. And I'm with you. Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> as, as difficult as it's been, it's, it's it's been a good opportunity from that standpoint. Exactly. There's there's a lot of silver linings that are are coming out of this and, and people are learning new new skills and, and seeing what they're really good at and how they can step up in different ways. So um, it's been awful, of course, but there's a lot of good that will come out of it, I think, when we look back on this a few years down the road. One of the things that I think is really interesting is I've been asked to be on the EIC, Events Industry Council's Business Recovery Task Force. And um, it's nice to see the 33 organizations, including SITE, including PCMA, coming together for the greater good at a stronger level than it ever has been. I'm really impressed to see how people are pulling together. And this task force that I sit on, we uh, the subject matter that I sit on is workforce and well-being. And we created a really robust aggregated resource manual, if you will, for people that are not, that don't have jobs, they're looking for jobs. What I really like about what uh, EIC has done is they've aggregated everybody's job banks so that you can go to the EIC and then you can start looking at everybody's different job banks, which I think is really good because, you know, I might be in PCMA today and tomorrow, who knows what new job opportunity I might be. And maybe I'm going to be an incentive traveler planner in the future. I don't know. But I can see all of that from the Events Industry Council website, which I think I don't know if this would have happened without this pandemic as well. So I think it's really cool to see the industry organizations coming together. And then the other thing that I'm involved in is a group called the EventWell out of the UK, and they want it to come to the U.S., and EventWell is all about the mental well-being and phys uh, the overall well-being of the event professional. And they're trying to bring focus on our individual, our, our workforce's well-being, which I don't think we've ever really paid attention that we're so good at taking care of everybody else. And <laughs> that's been our priority. And now this pause has given us the opportunity to people start taking care of yourself, uh, the industry professional. And so it's been really cool to see how the industry is coming together. And I mean, this is an example of Colleen, Colleen and I sitting here on this podcast, right? You know, it's really cool to see. And I'm, I think there's a lot of hope that I can see for the future for our industry. Absolutely. And Rachel, just to add in there talking about job banks and things, I was doing some research for a um, LinkedIn profile uh, webinar I'm going to be doing later this week. 40% of hiring managers look at volunteer experience equivalent to work experience. And those with volunteer experience on their LinkedIn profile get six times more views than those that don't. So I think for those people that are out there you know, looking at all these jobs and knowing how tough the co competition is, this is why you want to be in an, in, a, in an association. It's when you get the opportunity to step up and stand out and make yourself be a little more well-rounded than the competition. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And that doesn't surprise me at all. I think it's, it's spot on and, you know, we're living proof of that. So as you are both kind of sitting in this pause and and soaking in what is going on today with the organizations that you're both part of what are you thinking needs to happen over the next 6 months 12 months as things maybe start to recover or hopefully <laughs> start to rebound do you feel like 
there are opportunities to make changes with the way that things have been run in the past or the different kinds of events? Do you feel like that there are, you know, has there been feedback that has come out that um, is going to give you a chance to kind of regroup and think about how things can work differently in the future? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, hybrid events are definitely going to be a thing of the future. I don't know that virtual is going to be the only way. I think we're all learning that Zoom fatigue is a, a real thing. People miss seeing each other. Um, Site Chicago just did our CITP exam in person, and we were in the same ballroom that we were last in for our annual general meeting back in March. So that was kind of fun, or actually it was February, but um, we were just so excited to be back in a meeting room together. Um, so the hybrid, I think we'll see a lot of, and you know, I just, uh, the relationships are gonna be huge moving forward. PCMA on November 10th is going to, um, hopefully, uh, all signs point to that, that we will be doing a hybrid event. Um, and and so we're in the planning process right now. Uh, you know, I know people are itching to come back to see people together, and but we have to live within the guidelines. And that's one of the things that's the hardest part is because other areas, other chapters are having events of uh, more than 50 people. So... You know, you're just having to live into your reality of where you are. And I think um, we're all understanding that more than ever. I do think that for industry events and industry organizations, the days of unlimited sponsorship dollars and the days of, you know, people just sharing the wealth of, of, of what they can for you know, suppliers rolling out the red carpet for planners, it, there's a really going to be, um, we, we're dealing with what are we doing for our sponsorships for next year? And that's going to be a very different picture than what we've had in the past. And it's never been an issue before, but we're going to really have to look at sponsorships, what the value of, of what we're giving to the sponsors, but also how is how is the association the chapter surviving with a different level a different revenue model and you know i mean thank goodness i grew up in the association management world cuz i've seen several uh, operating models but at the same time it's it's a different it's a different model and everything new is different and, and you have to be really creative innovative and um, be comfortable with the uncomfortable and it's going to be uh, a different world, I think. There was such a good point about um, your sponsors. And it kind of is going to come back to, you know, really trying to prove what the benefit is going to be. And so when it comes to both the volunteer factor and trying to make key people involved and retain volunteers and then to get sponsors involved and to retain sponsors, if both of your organizations really have to be able to show what the benefit is. Um, and I mean, Colleen, like you said about the you know, LinkedIn profile and the opportunity to showcase volunteer experience. Well, there's one huge example right there, um, not to mention just the benefits of <laughs> being a volunteer and, and what you know you give should will come back to you in ways that probably people can't even imagine. But you have both experienced and lived, and that's why you are the presidents of your chapters now. But one thing that Colleen and Rachel had brought up before we had this call, but kind of one of the topics that we wanted to cover on this call was, you know, getting to this president level is, <laughs> it's like a, you know, a, a lifetime achievement, right? You know, it's something that, that you work for and strive for. And here you're both doing it during this very crazy time, a time where you aren't really able to showcase exactly the way you wanted to lead. I'm sure it's it's looking a little different. So can you speak a little bit to that and, and how you feel about taking over this position during this time? Hmm. Well, <laughs> I'll take that, Colleen. Um, you know, I feel... At first, I went, I mean, you go through that phase of, of you know, yeah, I, I was so excited for everything that we had had planned. And then you go through the loss of realizing, well, that's out the door. But then you look at the opportunity that you have in front of you. And, um, you know, 
one of the things that we were a bit challenged with before the pandemic was keeping people engaged. Um, you know, people were uh, fast and busy and, and multiple um, distractions. And, and now here we are with not as many distractions. And I'm really proud to say that volunteer engagement for those that are around is a, a very big high. And I can really see people really um, putting a big effort into it um, that so that those that are left um, and either working or and still volunteering or realizing that volunteering is still really important, they're really trying to think outside the box and be fully committed. And not that they weren't before, but it's just a different mindset, I think, right now. And, and it's cool to see people um, have that mind shift a little bit and really see for the greater good. It's not just putting your name on, on a roster to have your on your resume to make it look good in front of your boss. These are people that really care and that are trying to work real hard to make a difference. Yeah, those are gr great points, Rachel. I think, um, you know, we talked, we kind of joked about the fact that we we took this role and you have your, your plans of what you want to do. We did a planning retreat uh, late last year and had all these amazing things that we were going to do and, and different ideas and new initiatives and kind of came to a screeching halt. And then we joked about the fact that there's there's no handbook for how to how to be a president during a pandemic. Um, and I keep saying to my board, you know, none of us have the answers. I certainly don't have the answers. So we need to rely on each other to come up with those and to think differently and, and figure out what people need. And so I've kind of shifted my thoughts a bit about where can I make a difference? And so we've done a lot of behind the scenes work on, you know, just getting some documentation and policies in place and trying to figure out how we can make things smoother when we are back to meeting in person and, and doing things the way that we're, we're used to doing them. So we have made an impact. There may be not the, the visi visible fun things that I, I thought they might be, but I, I hope at the end of all of this, people say, you know, at least she, she stepped up and, and stepped in and tackled what she could. Absolutely. A lot of behind the scenes stuff that people don't know. So basically, Kylie, you're speaking to what you want your legacy to be <laughs> as the president during this time someone that was able to make a difference still, even despite all the challenges that are happening. And Rachel, it sounds like you're in a similar boat and you are both working on that very hard and proving that you are going to make a difference and keep the opportunities coming as far as people who want to keep you know, volunteering and being part of it. So before we close out the call, I kind of want to give an opportunity for you both, you know, is there like a, a call to action that you want to take this opportunity and make sure people are aware that if, if they want to be a part of SITE or if they want to be a part of PCMA, what do they need to do to sign up or what do you want them to know? Our call for volunteers for 2021 is open right now on our website, <laughs> greatermidwest.pcma.org, and um, anybody can sign up to be on one of our committees. And um, we actually have our call for um, committee chairs open as well. So if nobody's been involved, if you haven't been involved yet, do the call for volunteers. If you're listening to this and you have been on a committee within PCMA, I encourage you to stretch and try to be a committee chair because it's the most rewarding, most um, fulfilling opportunity to get to help your your friends, your colleagues, and the industry move forward. Well, well said, Rachel. Well said. I, I think, you know, I, I that's what I would challenge everybody with. I think you don't really realize what you're missing until it's too late. So get involved. Um, you know, uh, social media, um, site Chicago is on Facebook and LinkedIn. We have a lot of chapters around the world that are offering complimentary um, education, not only to members, but also non-members. So that's a good way to check us out. See, see what's available and if it works for you. 
And if you are shifting um, industry uh, channels right now, that's a good way to really look at is the incentive world something that you might be interested in in the future. Uh, we're also looking for board members for 2021 um, and volunteers for different committees. So reach out. We'd love to uh, love to connect and, and talk with you. And again, I think we're all in this together. And, and, and that's what's so great about the hospitality industry. We always help each other out. We're very collaborative. Um, and so I think that's just going to continue. And that's how we will we will come out of this by having those relationships and those conversations to to get to the other side. Well, and, and, and I totally agree with you, Colleen. I mean, Colleen is an award winner for GMC okay. and now she's the president of um, Excite Chicago. You know, I mean, there's that collaboration connection, but I think that there's nothing more satisfying than seeing your friends succeed. And, and when they're in a volunteer role, I'm proud of seeing what you've done in Excite Chicago. You've done a really good job. Thanks. Right back at you is so important during this time for everyone to have kind of like a, a group of touchstones that they can call on and, and the community that they can be a part of. So, you know, both for the present and for your future, it sounds like this really is a great time to get involved. So if, if you have been in the past and you aren't right now, these things are still out here for you. The support is still there. The education's there. The connections are there. And uh, sounds like it's something that, you know, can really be a huge benefit to people right now and in the future. So thank you both very much. I will put information in the show description um, just about each of these organizations, about PCMA and about SITE. Um, so if anyone does want to join or look into the different kinds of educational opportunities, that will be there for you. Thank you both so much for joining the call today. I so appreciate having a chance to talk about this very important topic, and I'm happy that I am once again a member myself. <laughs> so I am definitely going to take advantage of all the opportunities to connect and get educated. So thank you very much. Well, thank you for the opportunity. It's It's been great, and uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. Me too. Thanks so much, Jen. Thanks again, Colleen and Rachel. It truly was a pleasure to speak with you both. And you know, I did not know either of these ladies before this episode happened. And I have to say, I feel like I've made some new friends and I'm really excited to meet these ladies both in person someday when we can all do that again. Well, that is a wrap on episode six. And I want to hear from you. Please send feedback, show ideas, comments, questions, and of course, interest in participating to me at roomblockpodcast at gmail.com or send me a message on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you for joining me today and please remember to subscribe to The Room Block so you can continue to join in the conversation. <music>